You hear their fire crackle. We're getting kindled. We're getting kindled for God. We're going to be on fire for God. The only way to be on fire for God is to see the fire of God. So like Moses on top of the mountain. Let's look at the fire. See the glory of God and let's get complete in it. Let's get kindled. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 5 of the Kindled Podcast. This one's going up a little bit late. Was out of town when I needed to upload it. Didn't upload it, but it is going to go up the week of because I don't want to miss two weeks in a row. Holidays have been crazy, been out of town, but we are back. And it's a new year now. Christmas has passed. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Hope you had a great New Year. Hope you didn't do anything too um, bad, I guess, sinful. I don't, I, don't know. I don't know what my listeners do. Maybe they do nothing or everything. Maybe, hopefully not everything. Anyway, um, so I'm going to be honest. I had this title in my head for when I did this episode, and when it was going to be this. It was going to be, Thou Mustn't Be David. But then I realized what century I am. And so I was like, I want to keep that title. So it's probably going to end up being the title. But I, I'm going to explain it really early on. So people don't be like, what is he talking about? All you Gen Zers, millennials out there. But it means, you must not be David. David, referring to the one in the Bible. And I want to add on to that. And it might be in the title as well. I haven't decided um, so if it is, ignore this. But I want to add on that it's not about you and the Bible. The Bible is not about you and it's not meant to motivate you intentionally. It motivates you, but that's not like the intent of the Bible. That may be a side effect. Like you listen to a song, the song is there for you to listen to, right? That's the main intent, but it might motivate you as a consequence and that's dope if the artist, like, wants that. Or even if they don't want it, it's still dope. But, you know, that's not the main intent, but that's just a side effect. Sort of like the Bible. You could get motivated from reading the Bible to to grow yourself, be better, and self-help and all that stuff, which isn't wrong. But, like, that's not the intent of the Bible. And so, like, that's what I want to dive into this section, this podcast session. What is this, therapy? No, I mean, therapy's great. But, no, 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 I'm talking about podcasts. <laughs> This podcast, I want to talk about the Bible is not meant to motivate you, and you sh- thou mustn't be David. Because there's a lot of sermons out there that aren't theologically wrong, they aren't incorrect, but they push the idea, hey, be like David. And I'm using David as an example, but this could be anyone in the Bible. This could be any figure in history that is, like, very Christian, who did a lot of good things, even. It doesn't even have to be Christian. Did a lot of good things. And they're like, hey, be like this person. But the thing is, the Bible, you are not told to be like that. Anyone. Except Jesus. Right? But even then, it's not saying, hey... Be exactly like Jesus. That's not even, that's not said in the Bible, right? Like, you don't have to fulfill everything he did. You don't have to be a carpenter, is what I'm saying. But if, man, if you, if you can do exactly what Jesus did, exactly, do that. Because that's, (laughs) you're, you're, and then come tell me how you did it, you know. 
Um, no, but the, the, the point I'm making doesn't include Jesus because he's not a mere man. He's divine. And I might touch on that later on. But I'm going to get to the point that the Bible isn't supposed to motivate you or it's not intended to motivate you to be like these men in the Bible or women in the Bible. It is, it's there to paint a picture that God is orchestrating and illustrating. That's the word. Um, God's telling a story and we are meant to read it. Yet when you try to make yourself one of the prevalent characters, instead of focusing on God, we focus on the person. And a lot of these people are really dope, right? Like the people in the Bible, like I, I'm going to use David as an example, but you could do it for almost everyone in there. And you can, you can point to David and you can be like, David's awesome, right? I want to be like David. But the thing about David is that he is a hero. We view him as a hero. But if you truly look at his entire life, he's not. And I don't mean that to diminish David. David's done more than I ever have and probably ever will. Um, He grew up underdog story like a superhero right and i'm gonna compare um david to like a superhero kind of thing because that's what i'm most familiar with with culture but you know you can compare it to a lot of things but he's he's like a superhero because he's got this underdog he's been fighting lions and bears which is insane and then he goes and he kills the most powerful person around right and we look at that we're like oh my gosh i want to do that but the thing is, he he didn't really do anything. Like, he did, but he didn't. Because we know very clearly, David says it so. It's it's God, right? God is God was with him when he killed the lions and bears, and he will be with him when he kills the giant. Basically, David is giving all the glory to God, yet we oftentimes want to focus on David. The thing is, when he killed the giant, Normally, a stone, no matter how hard you throw it, if you hit someone who is covered in armor, so right, it hits, it's going to hit armor. He hit him in the head, and it may give him a concussion, it may knock him out. But, you know, it's just a slingshot hitting metal on an arm, hitting a dude with a helmet on. He's probably not just going to die, especially when he's prepared for it. It's not like it's hitting him in the temple, it's in the forehead, right? So... You know, my thing is, when you look at this, that normally doesn't kill a person. So David, if he did it by himself, he would have failed, right? Make that very clear. David hit one of his biggest feats, what he's most known for. People know this story who aren't even Christian. They've heard the story of slaying a giant. That's based on this. David would have failed if it was just him. And like everyone knows this. But they don't appreciate it, right? Because then the sermons get stopped right there, and it's like, go defeat your giant. What? What? No. Well, God's going to defeat my giants. Y yes, because he already has, right? Those two sermons are so prevalent with this, with this part of David's story, right? You talk about this part of David's story, and it's like, you either, you go one of two ways usually, and it's, Go defeat your giants because David did it. You could do it with the power of God. But the problem is you're throwing in with the power of God as like an ending thing to just be like, you can do it. No, this isn't motivation for you to go kill a giant. Because 
David, if he did it his way without the help of God, in true faith and reliance on God, would have failed and probably been killed and then the Israelites would have been slaughtered. That's what would have happened. Or if he twisted the other way, hey, God will kill your giants, that one sounds better. But the problem is that focuses on a hope. And for some people, they've been hoping so long, it's actually despair. Right? You have a thorn in your side, like like Paul said in uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians, and and it doesn't go away. And you're like, God, I have this giant, and you're not you're not killing it, right? I'm struggling with this same giant, and I've been told over and over and over again, you're gonna kill it. God, it's not dying. Are you really? Are you real? Are you for me or against me? Because the Bible says you're always for me, and whoever stands against me, like they'll they'll fall, right? But this giant isn't falling. Mm. So is is God? Is God flaking on you? Right? Is God like not that strong? Because if you take this this if you take David's story right here and you take it that way, that could potentially be the message. But that misses the key point of this. David killing the giant symbolizes Jesus killing sin mm. and the power of the grave. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but that was good. Because, uh, I'll explain why. Because that means when you are out here trying to fight a giant, trying to fight the devil, principalities, when you're trying to fight addictions and anxiety and depression and the financial difficulties or wh- whatever it could be. It could be literally anything in the world. right? It could be school. It could be work. It could be a coworker. It could be a person in church. It could be a pastor. Whatever you think it is. Whatever is coming against you as the giant. The secret is why this story is prevailing and doesn't and God's Bible doesn't lie when it says that they will fall is because God already killed it. Right? The thorn in Paul's flesh isn't a sign that God fails him or that God didn't kill his giant. It was a sign because right after it, Paul says, God told him that his powers of grace and mercy are insufficient. And I'm here to tell you this story is about Jesus killing sin and us winning the battle. Because mm. we're if you want to be in the story, if you want to look at this story and be like, I want to be in it, you're the scared Israelites. You're his brothers mocking Jesus and sent him to what you thought was his demise, the cross. And then Jesus came back and said, I'm holding the head of the sin in the grave. Follow me and you can walk in victory. Who? Right? If you truly take this story in fullness, that's what you should get. Because then it makes the Bible make sense. See, if you take it any of the other ways, if you take it as motivation for you to go conquer the giants, quote unquote, with God, or if you take it as the way that God will one day do what needs to be done, you'll be left either in despair because God isn't moving or in despair because you can't do it, right? But David knew in this story and based on what he says and what he does, that it's not about him going to kill a giant. It's not about what God can potentially do it is about walking and trusting god has already won the battle right how could david not be scared or not portray fear i should say he probably felt a little scared but he didn't portray fear or walk in fear because he trusted god's already won the battle just like he won the battles against the lions and bears right and so that's what that's what that part of the story 
you can look at it and take. I'm not saying the other interpretations are theologically wrong, but I'm saying they take what could what should be a hope filled, not narcissistic story. It should be it should be a hope filled about God and makes it narcissistic about motivation, and that's not what it is. It's hope inspiring, not motivating. Take David's story further. We'll keep going, right? Thou mustn't be David. Let's go to the next part. The next part, he's running from Saul, and then he eventually becomes king, right? He's overcoming his biggest adversary, right? He had the biggest, like, he overcame the biggest threat. Now he's becoming, overcoming an adversary who is actively trying to kill him. This is the sequel, right? This is hero story. This is Iron Man 2, right? The first time he created the armor, this time he's out here and he's fighting off people who want to take it. And you come... He's trying to replicate, right? He's fighting off Saul, who wants to take his anointing. And then, in the end, he overcomes and becomes king. He shows while he's the chosen one, right? Saul wasn't the chosen one. But the problem is, one, Saul was chosen. God chose Saul. The people wanted the king, and God anointed him. And Saul went away, right? So that's, I'm, I just had to point that. I don't, that's not important. I'm sorry. Um, but David, right? Looking at David's part of the story, you could say, okay, you can overcome the the what's against you. Once again, coming out, you can overcome what's against you, and you can have you could be king over what people try to take from you. Right? You can overcome and be better. Right? You could grow and be better. Once again, same as last time. David wasn't king because of his own ability. Right? Saul probably was a like you know a really good king, right? He was a good king. He had a lot of victories, right? As in terms of king kingship, Saul was good. What he wasn't good at was trusting God. So what God go and do? He went and found someone who trusted him, mm, right? And so David wasn't chosen because of his kingship. He wasn't chosen because he was good. He wasn't even chosen because he was supposed to be that. He had no line to becoming king. But God chose him because he trusted God. And so once again, when he was running from Saul, we saw him continually trusting God to provide protection. And so that's why when David had the opportunity to kill Saul in the cave, he didn't. Why? Because God said no. And if David would have killed Saul, he would have worldly, he would have had every right. Every right to kill him. But to God, it wasn't about that. It wasn't about what was right and wrong in that moment. It was about trusting that God will make a way when there needs to be a way. Right? So this, is once again, is not about David. Not about David becoming king, but it is about David trusting. And so if you want to take anything from the story, it's that God will make a way. You just walk it. Continuing on, right? This is the last part. David is a bad guy. You know, you had you had part one and two. He's the hero. He overcame the he he saved the people. Then he overcomes his adversaries. And now, plot twist, movie number three. He's evil. Mm. Right. He's bad. Cause let me remind you, if you want to look at David as a hero, it almost works. Until you get to this part. And this is the part that no one wants to talk in the... 
no one likes talking about in the full context because it ruins the sermon. If you talk about this when you're talking about, oh, you could kill your giant, it doesn't make sense because you will, it destroys the message. You could kill your giant, but also you may murder and have adultery and sin along the way. What? That doesn't make sense, <laughs> right? Because that's what David did. David committed adultery, lied, tried to cover it up, failed to cover it up, killed a man, and got away with it. You want to call him a hero, but he's an adult. He's he's an adulterous murder, adulterous murderer. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Apologies if I'm not. Right, that's that's the key here. That David isn't the hero. Thou mustn't be David because you know what happens when you try to be David. You walk into this. Walk David's life. Try to be like David. Try to kill a giant. Succeed in it. Try to become king. Succeed in it. But then you'll commit adultery and kill someone. And then will you succeed in coming back to God? See, what makes David's story so remarkable isn't that he's the bad guy. It isn't the plot twist. It isn't that he killed a giant. It isn't that he become king against all odds. No. It's that God redeemed him over and over and over again right you read if you put this all together it makes a lot more sense right you read about him killing a giant and you realize it's not him killing a giant it's god redeeming him god showing up when david needed someone when david couldn't do it he failed to do it but because of god's might he succeeded david being chased by saul someone who has every means to kill him he probably would have been caught, but God shielded him. He was the strong tower, right? And protected David not only from Saul's wrath, but from committing committing a sin of murder. And then you go further. You go to David becoming king. How does he become king? Because God anointed him and placed him and made a way for it. And then here, David sins, right? God protected him the first time, but this time David walked into it. He didn't, he didn't go where he was supposed to go. And he committed adultery and lied and murdered. And yet God sent someone to ha- say, hey, come back to me. And David's like, okay. And so this isn't a story of David being remarkable. This isn't a story of David being the hero. It is a story of a loving, caring, powerful God who walked with a man. And all the man did was walk with him. Right? This isn't, David isn't some special case. It is simply a man, a, a person like me and you, who was like, yeah, I'll walk with you, God. I'll, I'll, I'll chase you. When you say to do something, I'll listen. And even when he didn't, God said, I still love you. If you'll come back to me, we can continue like it never happened. Because even though he sinned, what did God still call him? A man after God's own heart. He walked with God. That's what made him different. You could try to kill your giant. right? You could could try to become king. You could sin and come back to God. None of those things should motivate you. They should give you hope. And they should give you inspiration. Not to be or to do anything except... Walk with God, right? 
Because in my last podcast, I talked about doing versus being. And I said, focus on being with God rather than doing for God. If you look at David's life, you can either look at it as him doing things constantly for God or that he was simply being with God. He wasn't trying, he didn't, he wasn't out there just killing a giant. He was walking with God and that's where it led him. He wasn't out here just running from Saul to just to save his life, but he was w- running where God was running with him. Right? That's why he didn't kill Saul. Because if it was just David by himself, he would have killed him. We see later that he's not above murder. If it was just David trying to cover up his sin and didn't care about God, then he would have never come back to him. And, he ne- and God would have never said he was after his own heart. So when you read the Bible, I want to make it very clear that we need to focus not on the person, but on the God who is with them. Because I tell you, if God be for you, who could be against you, right? That's in the Bible. It doesn't, it's not about you overcoming every single obstacle that comes your way. It isn't that everything against you will suddenly go away because you chose God. No, that didn't happen with David. But what it does mean is that your God is bigger and has overcome the giant of sin and everything that separates you from God. God's already overcome that. Whatever separates you and God, God said, you can't make it to me, but I can make you come to me. I can make a way for you to come to me. And so God did it. And it's remarkable. And it's admirable. And it's amazing. And it's full of grace, full of mercy, and biggest, most important of all, full of love. God loved us before He loved us while we were away, and he loves us now while we walk with him. And that's this that's all I have to say. Thou mustn't be David, and the Bible isn't about you. It's not about to it's not to motivate you, it's not to push you to do something or to try to be someone else and to self help, even though none of those things are wrong. And if you are in that position, I'm not saying that you should stop because you are meant to grow. But make sure you're growing with God, not just because, oh my goodness, I'm really motivated. (laughs) Just remember, God loves you and he loved you before and he will love you no matter what. Peace out, guys.